How many of you are glad to be in God's house this morning? Anyone just happy? I am so excited. Um, excited about what God is doing through prayer. Nothing happens without God's people praying. And so I just, uh, I just, I just love to see uh, the faces that are represented here today because I know you came to hear the word of God. Amen, say that if you did. You came to hear, you came to hear something that's going to transform your life. And, and can I tell you that James Reese has nothing in himself that will transform your life. But James Reese has the word of God, which will transform your life. And, and that's what we're believing for. Uh, and, and Johnny and Angela, I just want to welcome you on the team. Uh, you guys look like youth pastors. Let me say that. You're, you, don't they? Don't you love that? And, uh, and I just think you guys are going to do a great job. Um, a couple things I want to touch on before I go into the message. Uh, first thing is, uh, let's kind of just think about where we're at in this season of, of the year. Anyone, anyone in here watched the playoff games yesterday? Uh, and maybe you're going to watch some NFL playoff games today. Anyone, just raise your hands. It's okay. I watch them. I love it. Uh, you know, I pull out my real man card and I say, Sean, I'm going to watch some football. So excuse the way I act. But something happens in football and, and the, the, the team comes together and the whole goal is for them to put the ball across the goal, goal line. And when they, the one that puts, pushes the, the ball across the goal line more than the other team, guess what? They, they win. And so it's the same thing in the church. Collectively, we do things better than what we would ever do by ourselves. And when I think about generosity, when I think about, uh, you know, how we have been able to do things, and it's remarkable what God has done through the generosity of you guys and you gals, and we've been able to accomplish uh, so many wonderful things, uh, because have you ever realized that everything in life uh, comes with a price? In fact, Jesus paid the price so that we could have salvation. So we're riding on his coattail, Amen. Uh, but we've been able to accomplish a lot. We have a, we have a second campus in Kearney. Uh, we have this campus here in Oracle. Uh, God, by his grace, has filled up the, the campuses with people that want to learn about Jesus. And, and so every year we have a, a year-end giving campaign. And we go from November until the end of January. And we just trust the Lord for what he's going to bring in. We have a goal. And that goal, we, we, we bring, bring that before the Lord, and, and we, we, we're going to allocate those funds to, um, to meet the needs of what we believe the Lord is directing us to do. So we prayed a prayer today on youth and how youth can impact society, right? Do you believe that? Yes. MTV believed that 20 years ago, and they did impact their society. And so, so we believe that even if when you get them younger, children, that if we can impact them with Jesus, that their life will be shaped for the glory of God. So one of our, our main goals at Living Word for this year uh, is we're going to start an after-school program. And we're going to provide a place for uh, children to come that maybe don't have a church background. Maybe they've never even been taught about Jesus um, kind of a pause right there. I spoke with a couple that came to the church probably for a month now, and the, the young man stopped me as he was checking in his children two weeks ago at the kid zone, 
And he said, do you guys offer anything for me to grow in my faith? I've never been to church before in my life. And uh, I'm hearing things that are just changing, transforming my thinking and my life. And so he's checking his children into the kids zone where they're going to hear about Jesus. So we're going to offer to our communities an after-school program where the children can come and they're going to hear about God. We're also going to really emphasize how we're called to be honorable Americans, to honor our land, to honor our, our, our society, our people, our nation, one nation under, under God. That's not a bad thing, folks. If you're watching online, that's not a bad thing. And so we're going we're to implement that. We're going to impart that into the children. Uh, and then we're going to teach them some skills, life skills that we believe is important, like uh, uh, maybe music or, or something that's going to help them, uh, cooking, things like that, that are going to be very helpful. Um, and, and so that's important to us. So a part of our, of our year-end offering is going to go allocate it toward that launch. Um, and then we're also going to do a, uh, put a cafe, like we have a cafe at the Oracle campus. We're going to put a cafe at the Kearney campus. That's two of the big things because I, coffee and Jesus just go together. I don't know. Uh, that's, my, that's what my wife says. <laughs> she could be wrong. I won't tell her. You tell her. And so, uh, and so, so we, we're going to do that over there. And, and I just believe it's going to be a great place for families to come. Take the religion out and keep Jesus in. Amen? And so that's going to be a big thing. So our goal was 100K, 100,000 is what our goal was. And to this point, we're about almost, I think 66,000 is, is what, the, what we've brought in, which is wonderful. We can give God a big hand for that, right? And, and there are some monies, there are some monies that have come in that we have not put there. Um, and then there's also, uh, today we call it the big give. So, so whatever comes in today in our, in our, in our Sunday offering, uh, uh, above and beyond our weekly operating costs, because we got to pay for the lights, we got to pay for, for, for the salaries. You know, thank God that, that you guys provide for me to have a, a salary, or else I'd be working by vocation, or I'd be working someplace else, as well as doing my message. And we've got, you know, we, we pay our, uh, a stipend to our student ministers, and we pay a stipend to our... Uh, children's ministers, everyone. So thank God we can do that. Amen? So, so with that, but above and beyond, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. See, when you give, it's between you and God. Never feel pressured to give. And, and here's the way I look at giving. God continually gives to me. Year after year, he provides for me all the income that I have. And I'm very blessed. Amen? We live in a very wonderful country. So, so that being said... Uh, I know you've been praying, and I know that, that you will continue to pray, but whatever you give today, uh, let's, let's, let's push that ball across the end zone and let's score a touchdown for Jesus. Amen? I don't care what the, 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 the amount is. I, I could care less about the amount, but this is what I do care about. Let's not let 15 or 20 people carry us there and everyone else ride. Let's all do our part. Amen? And some of you that are watching online, as we welcome our online campus, you guys have given uh, very generously, and thank you for doing that. So, so we're not leaving you out. You're very important to us as well. So that's the first thing that I want to I just quickly say. The second thing that is important is there are wonderful on-ramps that will help you grow in your faith. 
Amen? Remember that conversation I had with that young man that was checking in his, his child at the, uh, at, he said, how can I grow in my newfound faith? If you look at your bulletin and on our web, website, lwconline.org, uh, you'll find on-ramps that are wonderful for people to connect and take that next step. Because God is about next steps. Jesus said, come and follow me to his disciples. And then there were steps that they had to follow. They had to follow in his steps. And that's how we are his, his people. We continually take next steps. Okay, so <clears throat> we're in 21 days of prayer. And we're finding that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. There's a prayer in the Bible that most of us know, most of us were raised, and most of us call it the Lord's Prayer. Anyone ever heard the Lord's Prayer? But it's really not the Lord's Prayer. It's how Jesus taught his followers to pray. So I would say it's the disciples' prayer. It's us, how we should pray and we, we started out with the context as Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, two, don't pray. Don't pray like this. He said, don't, don't, uh, don't uh, uh, pray in a way that you repeat yourself over and over and over. Because God knows what you're going to say before you even say it. Amen? And I was raised in a, in a, uh, in a faith system where, where uh, they would tell, when you go to confession, they would... You would tell them what you did wrong, and, 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 uh, and I had a lot of things that I did wrong, by the way, and still have a lot of things that I do wrong. That's why we need Jesus. But they would, they would tell me, the pastor would say to me that, um, um, that <clears throat> okay, now I want you to go pray these prayers, pray for these prayers. Sometimes it would be the Lord's Prayer. Pray, pray four times, do this. So repetitious prayers. And then when you become born again, you become a born-again believer, and you start reading your, your what? your Bible, then you say, hey, that's not what it says. And so that's not what Jesus meant. Amen? So this prayer is not a magical prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not a magical prayer. It's a relational prayer. And he taught them to pray our Father, right? Which is a relational prayer. We have a relational God. Who, who would ever imagine that we would call God our Father? But it's also a directional prayer. Our Father who is or art, yeah, who is in, in heaven, right? And so it, we, we direct our prayers to a God that is transcendent. He's over everything, amen? He, he's, not, he's not locked in the confines of the things that we're, we're locked into. He is over everything. There's nothing bigger than God. And then, hallowed be your name. You learned this last week. Holy is your name. That's a positional prayer. That means that God is perfectly holy. And we walk into his perfection, into his righteousness. And, and, and we have to walk in and come into his presence through a an, uh, an, uh, uh, mediator who is Jesus, who cleanses us from all our unrighteousness and he imputes, there's a big word, he imputes, in other words, he, he places his righteousness on you. And you come into the presence of a holy God. And he's holy and when you leave 
the, 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 the conversation, when you leave this, this communion with the Father, every person who prays to the Father in a relational way, directed to him through Jesus, leaves different. I, I, when you leave church today, when you leave this assembly, you will be different because you've been in the presence of God. Amen? And so, so in this prayer, he teaches us so many things that are, that are vital to, to how we should be, be praying and, and how we should, should not be praying. In other words, he says, you know, don't be like the, the, like the religious leaders that, that pray in, in, the, in the center square and they want everybody to hear them what they're praying. And, and, and everyone says, oh, if I could only pray like them, if I could only be like them. And God, Jesus says, don't be like that. When you pray, find a place where you can be alone with God and be real. And right where you're at, the way that God made you, he'll meet you. And he loves you just the way you are. You see, God doesn't want you to pray like Pastor James. God forbid that. <laughs> then you'd have a stutter, right? Then you'd have a, you know, a, spe a speech impediment. You'd have, you know, God, God wants you to be you. He made you who you are. And so he wants this, this openness, this, this wonderful communion because he knows you. In fact, he knows every problem that you're facing. And he wants for you to come to him so that he can help you and enable you and empower you to overcome the things that you can't do on your own. That's our heavenly father. And so we, we come to this place where Jesus progressively moves from our father who is in heaven, holy is your name. And he goes to the next part. And he says this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Here in Oracle, as it is in heaven. On earth, as it is in heaven, but God wants you to grow into a different kind of a, a, a different relationship with him where you actually go from not only, not only on earth, because that's pretty vague, to right here in, in Samuel, where I live, right to my place of dwelling, and let your kingdom come and let your will be done right there. And let me tell you something, beloved. You and I cannot do this without God's help. Because most of us want to live our lives with the same even if we don't say it, I am numero uno. I'm in charge. We want to live our lives in a way that, I, well, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Maybe not you guys, but I lived my life like that for so many years. Where, where I wanted things my way. Somebody sang a song. And he said, I did it my way. And Frank Sinatra did it. He did it his way. But, but here's the thing, that you'll never, you'll never be all that you can be for God by doing it your way. You'll never be able to incorporate and live out 
the God goodness in your life until you let God be God of your life. And, and so as we, as we go through, through this, 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 this part of that prayer, I want, to, uh, I want to bring to you three things that I think are vital, okay? First of all, in prayer, in prayer, in this, in this prayer that Jesus taught us, which is not a repetitious prayer, it's a relational prayer. In prayer, we submit to our heavenly Father's, first thing, to his sovereignty, Sovereignty, okay? Sovereignty or sovereign just means supreme ruler. In other words, he's in charge. And that's so important for us to grab a hold of. That's why it's so vital, and, and I think about Thomas. So, so Thomas said, I won't believe I won't believe that Jesus is alive. I won't believe that he's, until I can see his, his hands and I can see the holes in his hands and I can see the hole in his, in his side and I can see the, the hole in his feet. So he was doubting. And there may be someone in here that you've doubted God or you may be doubting God and, 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 and you're saying, unless I see the proof, I won't believe. That's how Thomas was. And that's a good thing sometimes, amen? Because if God is real, he'll prove himself. And so Thomas, Jesus comes in to where the disciples were and he showed himself. He said, he said, before I even say anything, Thomas, come here. Thomas, look, touch my hands. Are these real hands? Yes. Look, look, is that, put your, put your finger in where the holes are. Is that a real hole? Yes. He said, Thomas, don't be unbelieving, but be believing. And then Thomas said this, he said, my Lord and my God. In other words, to, from this day, from this day, you will become supreme in authority in my life. And, and, and until you make Jesus supreme in authority in your life, you're going to live your life doing your own will. Until God becomes sovereign in your life, you will live it Building your own kingdom. Now think with me. There's something in us that we want to leave a legacy in our name. I, I was just at, uh, I, was, I, I just came back from, from Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, and there's someone that left a pretty big mark from Bentonville, Arkansas. His name is Sam Walton. Now, if, if you hear the, the, the name Walmart, most of you know where that's at, right? There's been a legacy that's been left there, right? People, and I'm not saying anything about Sam Walton. I think he did a lot of good. What I'm saying is that we live our lives identifying ourselves with the things that we've accomplished and the things that we've done. When, when Jesus, when, and, and, and when we do that, when we, when we live our lives, when we live our lives uh, uh, by our accomplishments, by the things that, that we've done, what, what happens is that those, those things that we've done are temporary. But the kingdom of God is eternal. 
So, so when we say your kingdom come, that means that the rule that's going to lead our life is going to be an eternal rule. It will be left behind to, to still impact the lives of people even after we're gone. And that's so important for, for us to do. We have to relinquish our kingdom rule and give it to God. The, the psalmist put it like this, our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. Have you, ever, have you ever been gone before God and you say, Lord, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. And then you think, do you know who I'm talking to? God. God is God. And God being God means that he knows better. He, he knows what's best uh, someone might say it, you know, he, he's, he's large and in charge. In other words, he's bigger than me. And when I give him total control of my life, things are better. When, we, when, when my kids were, were little, I remember that they would, uh, they would stand next to me. And to this day, my, my, my sons will, will, will talk about this. And they, they, they stood next to me and I was their, I was their hero. And they would stand next to me and they would even kind of imitate some of the things that I did because to, for them, I was, I was larger than life. And that's not a bad thing, amen? Especially if we, if we live a life that's honorable and we live a life that, that points to, to Jesus, that's, that's not a bad thing. But here's, here's the thing that I know for sure is that as our, as our kids grow, as our, as our grandkids begin to grow, they begin, we get, they begin to, to move into another direction where their dad is their earthly dad, but they begin to trust in their heavenly dad, their heavenly papa. And they begin to understand that his sovereignty is greater than ours. Amen? Oh, let, me, let me give you a biblical example of that. When, 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 when a husband finds a wife, the word of God says, husbands... Right? He says, no, no, let me, let me go back. He says, when a man finds a wife, you should leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife and you should become one flesh. And the, 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 the leadership goes from your father and your mother goes to you finding your leadership from God Almighty. Amen? You, you begin to allow his sovereignty to come into our lives. Now, Think with me. Why did my kids, why did my kids, and I, and I counted a blessing, why did they think I was their hero for a time? Because I, I played the role of protector. I played the role of a, of a shield. I wasn't going to let them get hurt. I, I played the role of a caretaker. I even played the role of a judge. When they would do something that was contrary, my, my wife would say things like this, contrary to the things that they should have been doing. She'd say, wait till your father gets home. And I, I would have to judge, right? <laughs> and, and do things that were going to help them to, to, to listen to their mother. I, was, I played the role as a leader. I played the role as a justifier. 
When, 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 the, when the world came at him, when the pressure of the world came at him, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter what's coming at you. You're going to be okay. When you, when you do something wrong, I love you. Just turn away from that. And we justify them. I, I played the role of a counselor. But that role right there belongs to God. That, that role of, of a caretaker, that role of a justifier, that role of, of someone that, that is going to, to, to help you in your direst need, it belongs to God alone. And so as we submit to his sovereignty, as we say, your kingdom come, and we live it out, it changes everything in our life. The, the apostle Peter put it like this as he finished up the, the letter uh, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 11, he said, to him, to God, be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Doesn't this help us with the crisis that's going on in America? Is there a crisis going on in America? Can I tell you Why? Because America, let's just put another, Americans have taken God out. And it's not God's kingdom that we're building, it's our kingdom. And, and, and the more people that will submit themselves to the Lord's rule, the better our country will become. Amen? And, and as you allow that to happen in your life, beloved, it's, see, America's not the answer to our, to our, to our problems. God is. And as we allow his kingdom to be established in our lives, things are going to change for good. Here, here's the second thing. In prayer, in this prayer, we submit to our heavenly father's will. But your will is the part of you that shapes your actions and your decisions. You will do what your will will push you to do. Amen? In fact, your will urged you to come to church. Your will will take you to lunch after this. And your will will either have you eat a salad, which we need, or a salad that's in between the bread and the big piece of meat that we want to eat. Amen. Our, our will will do that. But, but as, we, as we begin to submit our will to God, that's not easy. Amen? Just listen to our prayers. When you pray, do you ever pray for your children? Do you ever pray for your finances? Do you ever pray for your mama, your parents? Do you ever pray for your grandchildren? What's a common denominator? Your. Those are very good prayers. Do you ever pray for your enemies? And I mean really pray for them. Do you ever say, Lord, I, I, I'm going to pray for, for that person that's driving me nuts. I'm going to commit myself to pray for them. 
And Lord, change my heart from a heart of hate to a heart of love. I, I, I talked to someone that I dearly loved just yesterday on the phone and we had this conversation and, and, and in that conversation, he was, he's very upset because someone did something contrary to the way that he thought that they should have done. He said, I want nothing to do with them. He's a follower of Christ. But his will is that people will do things according to how he thinks they should do it. And if they don't, then hands off. And Jesus, he, he, he teaches us to pray, not my will be done, but your will be done. When, when we embrace God's kingdom and don't try to build our kingdom, then we will embrace God's will. Then you will move into that next step of your will be done. Have you ever prayed to the, to the Lord in, in what's going on around us? Lord, your will be done. What's going on in, my, in our country? What's going on in our communities? Lord, your will be done. You see, people have to get to the end of themselves before they reach out to the one that's the answer. And that's happening all over the world is that, is that people are, are, are trying to do things in their own abilities and building their own kingdoms and doing their own things. You know, I, I was blessed to be able to go not only to Benville, Arkansas, Rogers, actually, I was in Rogers, Arkansas, but I went and played at this golf course. Uh, uh, it's called Pinnacle. Anyone know where Pinnacle Golf Course is? Raise your hand if you do. It's a pretty nice course. It's where they have the LPGA tour and I was there and all these mansions are surrounding and I'll tell you, I was like, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Letting this bottle from Seminole, Arizona come and play over here. That's my will. My will would be I could play there every week. But God's will is I want you to pour your life into people where I have you and I want you to bloom where you're planted. Amen? And that's the same for, for, for everybody. You know, God, I give you authority over my decisions and my actions. Not for comfort, not for fame, or my popularity, or my leisure, or my health, or my, 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 my. Je Jesus praying at the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Father, if you're willing, here's his, his humanity, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. And then, his, his, and then the 100% God comes in and, and works. And he says, no, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? Amen. And, and so we, we, we think, you know, are, are we not supposed to pray for us to be in good health? Are we not supposed to pray that, that everyone should be walking in perfect health? Of course, we should be praying for people to be walking in good health. The apostle John wrote this in John 3, verse 3. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well, but greater when I look at that from, from the scope of the, of the lens of, of, of Jesus teaching us to pray, greater is when we glorify God in our best and our worst seasons 
of life. And we glorify God no matter where we're at. In our times of popularity, and there are seasons when you're really popular with people, and there are seasons where everyone seems to be telling you, I hope you die and go eat worms on the way to die. There, there's seasons of comfort. And many of us have had seasons of comfort where everything is so plush in our lives. And then there's seasons when we're eating beans and tortillas. And I'm good with that. And then there's times of leisure where we relax. And that's a season that we relax. Anyone ever had that good season? And then there's times when you think that you're just working and working and working and working and working. And sometimes it's good for us to say, your will be done. Amen? There, there, there's, there's seasons of prosperity and there's, there's seasons where we are not prosperous. But have you noticed that these fluctuate, they come and they go and in that whole thing, in that whole process, if we could learn to live, not just pray, Father, your will be done. It's life-changing. Amen? But most of the time, we, we want to live our lives in a way where it's always good for us. And so when I read scripture, and as we read scripture together, we begin to say, Lord, can we glorify you like Job in his time of suffering? And can we glorify you like Solomon in his time of prosperity? And can we be like Christ, that no matter what we face, we will say, Lord, your way is better than mine. Are you with me? See, if, if, if you do not live that, you become a spoiled child. Think about your children. Think about America. It's not a good thing when you have spoiled children. It's not a good thing when children throw a tantrum because they don't get their This prayer changes that. This, this, when this becomes a lifestyle, we, we begin to, 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 to grab a hold of, of that, that there are, there are, there are lessons, and, and Terry, you talked about it. There are lessons that we learn in the rock, in the hard places of life. There, 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 there's, there's, that, there's that lesson that you begin to cry on, out to the Father. You begin to, to, to depend on him like you never have before. Where, where you, there's no other place to turn. And you find that his will is actually a good place to be. 
Because it's when you get to that place that you will really resonate with the words of Jesus when he said this, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. That's the will of the father. The will of the father is for us not to have leisure, for us not to have comfort, for us not to have uh, uh, riches and we can have all of that and God's okay with that but he doesn't want for that to have us. If it leads you away from this, if it leads you away from bringing people to Jesus, who is the answer, who is our peace, who is our true joy. You see, until you let the will of God be your will, you will act just like everybody else around you. And this is what the Apostle Paul said as he write, wrote to the church in Corinth. He says, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's... Oh my goodness, you guys are smart. <laughs> Which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do you know that we act like the world when we don't depend on God? You know we act like the world when we think we can do it ourselves? You know we act like the world when we think that our way is better than their way? Who did Jesus hang out with? The world. People that needed a change. Who did Jesus act like? God. Amen? In our elders' prayer, we prayed about specific things and some, you know, attitudes or some uh, leaning, leanings. The way people are leaning right now came up and, and, and we, instead of talking about, oh, how bad that is and how wrong that is, we don't ever think that way because all of us came from somewhere. We just pray for God to move. See, I, I, I pray for God to move in every person that sits in these seats that no matter where you're at, you'll find the one that is the answer for your life. The one that will take you away from the behavior of the world. Here, here's the third thing, and I, I don't have much time, but here, here's the third thing that is vital. You know, in, in praying this prayer, we submit to God's wisdom. How many of you need wisdom? Wisdom for every day. God's will comes with wisdom. Oh, that we would seek the wisdom of God in our matters and our decisions. And where do we need wisdom? Jesus said it. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I need wisdom every day. And what I've come to find out is, is when the Lord takes me to a different level, a different position, I need his wisdom more. So as you progress in your life, 
You need more wisdom. And, and God will lead us on a path. He'll lead us on a road of wisdom, the, the principle of the path. Whatever road you're on, is that's what your destination is going to be. And, and, and the writer of Proverbs, Proverbs said this. He says, there's a way, there's a path that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end is the way to death. And I lived there many, many, many years before Christ. It, 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 seems, it seemed right to me. And yet it, it ended up in dead ends. It ended up in emptiness. It ended up in, 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 in a life of, 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 of yuck. But we have to think about something, beloved. This is important for us. Everyone that we're praying for, everyone that we're believing for to come to Christ that's on a road of destruction, they think that their way is the right way. And so we pray for God's wisdom. We, we, we pray that, that the Lord will, will lead us to live a life where, where we're not making choices that are contrary to him. Amen? So, so let's just talk about some things. I'm going to be very real. Let's talk, let's talk about things. So, so people come into the church, and, and, and when you walk into the church, let me tell you, God will accept you just the way you are. There's nothing about you that he doesn't love. He loves you. The way that you're living, that's secondary to God. Amen? That's secondary when you come to him. The foot of the cross is level. Everyone is welcome there. But as we, as we begin to walk with God, then progressively you're going to change the way that you, that you live. You're going to change the way that you think. That's just called wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so as, as people walk in the doors, everyone at Living Word Chapel should welcome them, love them, and, and, and just hug on them and say, we're so glad you're here. And Jesus is going like, woohoo, you made it to church. You'll hear a message. But then it goes from there to someone saying, I need Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. And we've seen many people give their life to Christ, take the next step in baptism, go from baptism to begin to grow in their, in their faith. And as they grow in their faith, then wisdom begins to come into their lives. And it's the Holy Spirit producing that wisdom. And they begin to live a different life. Amen. And everyone in here, that road that we were on at one time, we're not on that road anymore. Because we understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one will come to the Father except through him. Are you with me? I want to go down there, but I can't because they're filming. <clears throat> I want us to leave with this in mind. If your way, if your path right now is not aligned with the, the will of God, hear me, all of us, all of us can get, we can start taking on ramps that are not the right ones, amen? Let's get back on that way that leads us to Christ. This is what this year is going to consist of. We're going to make truth the most important part 
of our year. God's truth. There's so many voices that people are hearing that go contrary to the word of God. The only, the only way, the only source that we will have that will keep us anchored in God is his word. The whole counsel of God. And that's why I'm telling you right now that as we, as we submit to the will of, of God, Lord, your will be done. Not my will, not the way that I think, but, but your perfect will, let it be done. If that will become your life, you will walk in perfect peace, the peace of Jesus that surpasses all understanding. Let me lead you in a prayer. Father, thank you for, um, for this time that we've had as, as an assembly, Lord, as your people. We've met together to worship Jesus. God, you are, you are everything. Lord, we're all at different places. All of us that are seated here, we're all at different places. But all of us, I believe, have a yearning for one thing, and that's for us to know you better, for us to grow in you, for us to, to, to love you more, Lord God, with that love that you have given to us. May we reciprocate that love back to you, Lord, that true love that comes from you. Lord, may that love that permeates our life, Lord, as, as we even embrace it right now, may, may that love flow into the lives of the people that, we, that you allow for us to minister to, the people that are in our circle of influence. I pray, Lord, as, as we close this service, that not, there will not be one person that will leave here without knowing that, you're, that they're loved by you and that your love will change their circumstances. Let them know, Lord God, that, 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 that they're special and that you have a plan for their life. And we'll be very careful to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Now, with, with your heads bowed, I just, wanna, I just want, if you're here today or you're watching online and, and you've never said yes to Jesus, you, you've, you've lived your life where you've been the, 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 the number one factor. You've been the priority. Maybe today you're, you're saying, you know what, I'm going to give God priority in my life. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And if that's you, just, uh, just pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It's just, God, I come to you today and I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that, Jesus, you're the Savior of the world and I believe that you went to the cross. You died for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said you would. And today I confess you as my Lord. Just say that. I confess you as my Lord and I choose to follow you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, if you just, it's a simple prayer, but it's, it has eternal effects. Just raise your hand and say, hey, that's me. I prayed that prayer. Amen. I see your hand right there. Praise God. I see your hand, brother. That's beautiful. And if you prayed it online, um, you need to know that you're born again. You're a, you're a child of God. And I, one more thing that I think is important, you, you guys can all look at me. I, I want to try to get better. I want for our church to get better. The ecclesia, the people that are called by God. I want to get better. How, how many of you think that's important? We get better. God knows the people in here that, that said yes to Jesus. 
and several of you raised your hands. But for us to minister to you in a way that, that's going to honor God and honor you, we, we want to follow up by praying for you, by sending you something on email, and just, uh, just getting you connected so we can help grow you in your faith. Will you do me a favor uh, on that orange connect card? Can you just put your name and maybe your, your email or phone number and just put, I said yes to Jesus? Or maybe you're in here today on that connect card. You, 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 you've got something that you're going through in your life and, and, and you need God's help and you need our help. Please put it on your connect card because we want to follow up and, and, and help you in your walk. Amen? Aren't you glad you came to church today? Aren't you just getting ready to just submit your will to God? (laughs) God bless you.